Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary in Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Hey, see that? They're here. Now we can start the show. <laughs> and we got another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is actor, comedian, podcaster. He has a great new show called Are You Garbage? That's one of my favorites. It is H. Foley. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join us. And our super fan shout-out is for Jennifer Mary. That's only one person. Say hi to Jennifer Mary. Hello, Jennifer Mary. Hey, Jennifer Mary. And Jennifer, that's where you would have heard Phil's voice. Uh, Phil is, uh, he's not MIA. We know where he is. He's in the Panama Canal. <laughs> he is. He's in the Panama Canal. He is just... he stuck behind a barge? No, no, no. He's, he, <laughs> traffic's moving well. I got a traffic report in the, in, in the Panama Canal. So everything's fine. Uh -huh. for, those of you, for those of you just joining us, Phil is on a cruise ship till December. Yeah. So they gave him a nice uh, a cabin with a balcony, and it's home. Vacation job. Yeah, it's a vacation job. Well, that's the way my wife sees it. Uh, I think everybody except Phil sees it. <laughs> so he called me the other day from the Panama Canal, uh, and, and this was the call. Son of a bitch. So he's in a, so he's in a good mood. <laughs> Some quarantining, man. You know that, right? I'm out here. I get, you know, the cruise ship's taking care of me. They're bringing me food every day, and they bring me coffee. They bring me coffee once in the morning, and then I don't want to keep bothering them. That's mm -hmm. why I brought my own coffee. So that's what I told him to do. Yeah, that's a atomism. No, it's not an atom. We, I did it. I've I, seen you do it. 
I've done. Yeah, we've been out of coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great move. So that's the move, and this is him. This is him contemplating the move. Now he's processing, thinking about it. Hold on. <laughs> he's stomping across the cabin. <laughs> So he, he's nervous about trying it. He does try it. And he's bitching the whole time while he's trying it. <laughs> Should be any second now. The water's going to start dripping. Better not go all over the place. I'm telling you right now. It's, it's probably going to be fine. Do you have a mop? <laughs> probably. Yeah, I have a mop. I'm in a cruise ship cabin. I have a mop. <laughs> Hold on. Here it comes. It's working. He's all excited. He's going to have coffee. Yeah, you made his day. You gave him a little MacGyver. He's like the anti-MacGyver when mm-hmm. it comes to this stuff, it seems. I've used that move before. Mm-hmm. Have you used the other move? What? When you don't have toilet paper, but you do have coffee filters? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Let's all raise your hands. My oh hands my up. I've had, I've had silly putty butt once. You know what silly putty butt is? No. I don't want to know. What is that? It's when you use newspaper. <laughs> You are making that up. Nope. <laughs> nope. Silly Is that Garfield? Putty butt. Yep. Yeah. Silly putty butt. Can, can't we just move on? Okay. Goodness. But no, the paper towels for a, co- for a coffee filter, yes, that is a tried and true method. Mm-hmm. Usually when I have no cash, yes. There's a lot of things that happen when you have no cash. It's like, you know, you know, I've been on a diet. I'm intermittent fasting. That's called being broke, okay? <laughs> you don't know. It depends. I was intermittent fasting in college before it was a thing. I, I don't have any eat. money in my pockets, so yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. just go I can to eat once today, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I can eat it. once, and hopefully in twelve hours, when the cafeteria opens again, I can eat again. <laughs> that's right. it. Isn't there yeah. places where you can kind of skim food, like Seven Eleven? Like they yeah, it's called shoplifting. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like uh, they like condiment shopping. Condiment Is, shopping. Do condiments count? If you like, well, they don't put them out anymore. They used to put them out. You yeah. get the ketchup packets and stuff. Yeah I, yeah. I think people used to be like make soup out of ketchup. Yeah. Or you go to the bar early and you just, you know, consume a bunch of maraschino cherries, right. some onions, Olives. you know, whatever kind of garnish they have at the front of the bar. Mm-hmm. You just start piling those on a napkin. O- Olives do have protein. They do? Mm-hmm. I, we used to go to happy hour. You know, you get the dollar well drinks, dollar fifty well drinks. Which were like, you know, thimbles. <laughs> but they put out like a big six foot hero. We went through that like fire ants on a goat caucus. I can top that. Go ahead. I, uh, I was in Hong Kong mm-hmm. and we were trying to make it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would go to one of these parties and I would line my bag with plastic. Right. Because they'd have caviar, they have lobster, they have all these things. I would put it in my bag. 
I come home and I was a hero because everybody like had caviar, everybody had lobster. See? Just I'm, from being invited to a party that I went to. This is how classy my wife is. I'm <laughs> boosting lunch meat. She's getting caviar. Yeah. It's Free caviar. Putting it in a bag. In a nice bag, and you yeah, come I lined home, it. you're sharing it with mm-hmm. your friends, your roommates, or whatever. Like you're not doing a ratso rizzo where you're just shoving stuff into your pockets mm-hmm. as much as you can, and then being like, "All right, I'll eat this later." You know, when I'm walking around. So yeah, okay. Classic. I did comic strip live. Fox had a comic strip live, and they gave you as a as a wrap gift. They gave you a black denim jacket. It said comic strip live on the back, and the inside pocket was huge. There was like an inside pocket in the jacket, and it's perfect for Hansel and Gretel Virginia ham. <laughs> what? What? What does that mean? Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel Virginia ham. You could That's get that. That's a company. That, yeah, that was packed. Uh huh. And you, you'd go into the Wawa, and you and you just you'd open up your jacket, and you, and I would always make believe I was coughing, but so my hand would come up to cough, and then my my left hand would flip it into the pocket. Wait, are you shoplifting? Yes. Ah, <gasps> that's not good. You're in Hong Kong stealing caviar. Hey, I was at a party. I was at a party, which was my job. Uh huh. And I was taking food because no one okay, else was eating it. Okay, let's clarify for the audience because no right one else now is eating it. Let's clarify for the audience because right now they think you're in Hong Kong as your job at a party, jumping out of a cake. What are you doing? No, it was I was working for a movie studio, mm-hmm. and I was invited to this gathering. Right. And they had a bunch of caviar, a bunch of lobster, a bunch mm-hmm. of high end things. No one was eating it. Okay. So I already got tipped off because like earlier, I'm like, these people don't eat here. So I already pre-planned if they're going to have lobster or caviar again, I'm going to get some because that stuff is expensive. Yeah. I can't have it on my little actress salary. I agree. You know, so I was prepared. I I actually got honed in with um, a girl who lived in Hong Kong. She said, Mm -hmm. look, these parties, they go top notch, champagne, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is what I do. And so she kind of clued me in. So it's not like I just thought of this on my own. Right. So, but I was prepared and I did it and it was fantastic. And I I did that probably, you know, getting myself on the ground before I could really have some um, money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. Probably six months. Just go to these parties. You know, that our lives are on similar tracks. I got invited to this comedy club in Palmyra, New Jersey. And, you know, you you go to the Wawa and there's... (laughs) It's expensive. You know, I can't af- I can't afford the Hansel and Gretel Virginia ham on my salary, but the opportunity to get <laughs> some was there. That. Hansel Gretel. You know, it's, 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 it's not like I'm going top shelf boar's head. This is just what was available <laughs> to me. <laughs> it fits perfectly in the pocket in the jacket. So that was so uh, I, I hope you put a napkin around it. You kidding? I put my mouth around it and I ate it. That was it. No, I mean, when you put it in the pocket... No, it was wrapped up. It was. It oh, was, it was wrapped up. Yeah, good. It, was, it was wrapped up. Okay, good. Yeah. I just picture you getting, just putting stuff in your pocket. No, no, no. That was the Hansley Grill, Virginia. And then, then mm-hmm. you get the mustard, the package of mustard, and then and, and you eat it away from the security cameras outside. Yeah, Mark. So would you? You'd go. You would abscond with this. Put it in your in your jacket pocket. Mm-hmm. Would you go up to the condiment counter? And say, I'm just going to have a mustard today, but it's been nice browsing around your Wawa. No, store. no. You buy I'll a hard boiled egg because a hard boiled egg was was like uh, was like. 90 something cents. It was a dollar six, two hard boiled eggs. It was a so dollar six at the Wawa. So I'd buy a dollar six at the Wawa. Right. And, uh, and then they'd get mustard to put on the egg. And then they didn't know I had ham and eggs. So I had ham and eggs. <laughs> I have a question. Yes, the chair recognizes the seafood thief from Hong Kong. Yes, darling. Yes, I'd like to recognize the wanted Wawa thief. I was never, I was wanted, never caught. I was like, 
D.B. Cooper. That uh-huh. was me. They never got me. Uh-huh. Never got you. A lot of songs written about you. A nope. couple of movies. Never never called. Never got so, me. So and, you're, it's romanticized. Yes. And Phil actually never got the coffee. I didn't play the rest of it. Ready? My wife was just shaking her head. What? <laughs> Let's move on. I thought you were going to say, go find some nice lady who might be. No, 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 no. He's on a freaking cruise ship. Just ask for some milk. All right, well, this is Phil. He calls, me, he calls me up with problems. and I. Gotta, well, you know what? I, I have a, drink it black. Yeah. You know, doesn't need milk. So, but that's what Phil, Phil is like. Feels like Apollo 13, and I'm down here. Go look. This is all they got up there. We got to make this work. <laughs> We've gotten the orders from on top. We got to make this coffee filter work. Yeah. Oh I just goodness. love that he's so snake bit from you. Mm-hmm. You're giving him legitimate, <laughs> low budget advice, yeah. and the long pause, and just like, no, no, there's some angle here I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't trust you. Yeah. And this time you're actually giving him the real deal. Yeah. Makes it even better for me. I don't Ex- know why. Except for the man boob. Yeah. That's not legit. Okay. Well, now it is. He's got one big man boob. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Is there any more to your story? <laughs> no. But the reason for the story is the podcast that H. Foley um, hosts with Kevin Ryan is called Are You Garbage? And it's really a, a lot of fun. So I'll ask you this, honey. Let's say... You're boosting Hansel and Gretel lunch meat from a Wawa. Does that make you garbage? Yes, Adam, it does. And a felon. She's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I concur. Okay. <laughs> but it's a really a fun podcast, and he's. I'm really glad I got to meet him. He made me laugh, and, uh, and he made me laugh even more when I met him. So uh, you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Is it true the men can lactate? As embryos, men and women start off, well, more or less as women. The genetic template of the body follows the path of the X chromosome for approximately 60 days of development, providing the embryonic man with a set of nipples. Indeed, the male nipple is entirely ready to perform its original function, leading to male lactation. And it's not even that hard to make it happen. Whip out that man boob. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. This is how you spend your time. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. My guest this week is an actor, writer, comedian, and podcaster. He's the co-host of one of my new favorite podcasts called Are You Garbage? He and Kevin Ryan bring joy to people from Aunt Tootie's basement. We both have had pudding pops when we were a kid. We have a penny ritual when we see one on the ground, and he's burnt his hand on a lawnmower exhaust pipe and needed some Campo Fanique. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's H. Foley. How are you, baby? Oh, my good. That was so funny. I'm not the only one. No, I was watching. Uh, first of all, I really like the podcast, Are You Garbage? I think it's really unique, and uh, and uh, that's how I got introduced you. to you, we- and that's why I wanted to talk to you. And, I, and then I looked at your stand-up and your acting, and I'm like, oh, I got to get to know this guy. Thank you, sir. We, uh, we want to have you on the next time you're in New York. Yeah. I want to have you down at Aunt Tootie's. That's great. Yeah, okay. So for those of you who don't know, I put it in the intro. Uh, Aunt Tootie's basement. It's a set, right? But it looks like every. It looks like my aunt's basement. Yeah, and the reason that we call it Aunt Tootie's is one of the questions on Are You Garbage to determine whether you're trash or not is do you have any aunts or uncles that you don't call by their real name? Yeah. Like, do you have like an, an uncle, uh, you know, an uncle uh, Porky or, or an Aunt Jojo? Yeah. You know what I mean? And one of the best answers we ever got was from a friend of ours, uh, Brian Six. We said, do you have any aunts or uncles that don't have a, you don't use their real name? And he's it's like, you mean like Tootie? My aunt yeah. Tootie? Yeah. like, that's exactly what we're talking about. Perfect. I have an Uncle Tony and we call him, well, the police call him a person of interest. <laughs> but he's co-defendant. Yeah. So it comes down to, you're in this basement, wood paneling, dartboards. You know, it's really mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the Ikea shelves, a framed jersey. Yeah. Bottle of Mountain yeah. Dew and the uh, the yeah. uh, the tin of cookies in the middle. I was like, ah, it's, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, a, the blue cookies. Yeah, it's a very uh, East Coast vibe. And when you go down yeah. to the basement, your guests come down and you ask these questions: Are mm-hmm. you garbage? If and I just think it's just simplistically brilliant because Thank you, man. it opens up the door to your you know childhood or current experiences, and it makes it, it levels the playing field, and it's really well done. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's really what we're finding out. It does it does level the playing field. That's a great way to look at it. It doesn't matter money or, you know, no money or, you know, nationality, race, religion, background, everybody. We all have these things in our childhood where, you know, no matter what, you can't escape it. You're trash. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the way it is. Everybody, everybody, no matter who you are, they have some version of that tin of cookies yeah. that has sewing stuff in it or wrenches or nuts yeah. or bolts or Something yeah. like that. Yeah, remember the uh, instant coffee, those international creams, but there was instant coffee when they were in those those rectangle tins. Oh yeah, and you would open those up. Those things were so classy. Yeah, it was sugar. <laughs> it was sugar and caffeine. Oh, it was sugar. We saw that on TV <laughs> in the middle of Hill Street Blues or something like that. 
And our parents were like, that's Cliff right there. <laughs> that's for you company. <laughs> That's for company. And the best thing was, is after you drank That's the coffee, you could use that as little cars for your men because it had a little pop-up thing. In it. And I put those, those sure. parachute, my parachute men would go in there and that was the tank. <laughs> so, yeah. mm-hmm. We bought them just to have That's the container. Awesome. Yeah. I, I wanted- Using containers as toys. That's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got a bunch of questions to ask you. But first, I wanted to know the origins of you and Kevin and the show. You do it with Kevin Ryan, another very funny comic. So we both started on the Philadelphia comedy scene around the same time. Mm-hmm. It was around 2008. I think he came around around 2009, 2010. And... um it was a pretty small scene at the time. There was only two clubs. Right. There was a Helium Comedy Club, which, you know, you could say was the, you know, the A-list comedy club. They mm-hmm. were new. They, they were bright. They were beautiful. Um, and then it was the Laugh House that was on uh, South Street. And when we first got down there, you know, it was hard to get into Helium. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody that I met right when I got down there, a guy that became my best friend, Chris Cotton, he led us down towards the Laugh House. And that's kind of where we all came up. You know, we all kind of had like our undergrad education down there at the Laugh House, and we started a show that Kevin and I ran together with Chris and a couple other guys, and, you know, we just kind of, like, you know, built our little scene, you know, our little punk rock scene, if you would. And, um, you know, we've always had, like, a real, you know, back-and-forth brotherly relationship. You know, he makes fun of me a lot. I'm 10 years older. I'm Mm -hmm. hanging out with them. You know, I took a couple of knocks before I started doing comedy. Like, I started when I was 32, and they were all, like, 22. And they're like, what are you doing? And then, you know, like, eight months later, they found, they found that I was 10 years older. And they're like, dude, you're 35? <laughs> What's going on? And we're both from similar towns in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Right. His is a little bit more, you know, a little bit more new money, let's say. And mine's like pretty strictly, you know, lower middle class, blue collar. Right. So we would always kind of go back and forth at each other. You know what I mean? Like, sure. well, did you do this or did you do that? Or did you have the pool? Or, you know, like my parents, they have an above ground pool that they built a deck around. Yes. So it's an above, it's an above ground in ground. You know, and of course his parents, you know, they, they have the nice in ground pool. So that's where it kind of started. And we, you know, we've literally been working together for you know, 12 years. We did a a podcast for five years together. Then we did another one for two years together. And we just kind of, you know, built this good relationship. And we used to always in the car ride on the way to like road shows or whatever, we'd make fun of each other. We'd Mm -hmm. be like, oh, did you, like, did you have milk with dinner when you were a kid? And I'd be like, yeah, I love milk with dinner. And he'd be like, oh my God, that's garbage. Or this is garbage. (laughs) Or that's garbage. Or that's garbage. And then one day, right before the pandemic, you know, we were kind of like, you know, we had burned through a couple of ideas and nothing was working out and this, that, and the other thing. And um, we ran into each other at the New York Comedy Club. Yeah. And I was like, I have an idea. And he's like, I got an idea too. And he, I'm like, what is it? And he's like, I think Are You Garbage should be, should be a show. And I'm like, man, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So then, you know, we just kind of took it from there. And luckily the, uh, I mean, not luckily, but, you know, the pandemic kind of lent itself to it because we had just really started it. And then the pandemic hit and we were like, listen, we know two ways. We can kind of get cards here and sit back or we can really put our foot on the throat of this thing and, and see what we can do. So we used the time that, you know, comics weren't really doing much to get comics on the show. Right. And, you know, with Zoom, it was so much easier and everybody yeah. wanted to do it. And, um, you know, luckily everybody really took to it. And uh, we had, a, you know, a few big advocates we had uh, Andrew Schultz, you know, really helped us out. We have the guys at Barstool mm-hmm. that have been amazing to us, uh, KFC and uh, John Feidelberg. And, you know, it's just kind of grown from there. And it's, you know, it's going great and we're we're happy. And, you know, we feel the most like ourselves we've ever 
we've ever been. You know how that is. Yeah, that's what I really liked about the relationship is genuine. You're very genuine. Even watching your stand-up and some of the acting clips you did, you know, you're in the pocket. You're genuine. And 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 you started late in stand-up because you were an actor first. You went to theater school, right? I did. I did. So I left college in the middle of college because I wanted to be an actor. I went to acting school and I went up to New York and I lived with my brother mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, 22. And I was I got a job at a bar and, you know, I was working at a bar and I was telling everybody I was going to be an actor, but I wasn't doing anything. Like, I mean, zero. I wasn't stapling headshot one to resume one together and sending them out. Right. I mean, you you remember what that was like. Sure. There was no there was no IMBD. There was no actors access. You had to get a stack of a thousand headshots and yeah. mail them out to, uh, you know, Lucy Steiner somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, yeah. Your postcard. Remember some, your postcard. Some agent on Broadway. Yeah. yeah that, that's going to bring you in. And I just, I never, I never had the mechanics to take those small steps and, and work hard to do it. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, I was basically, you know, working at a bar and doing coke. That, that, was, that was pretty much <laughs> my whole acting experience. Uh, the first time that I'm I was up here. going to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. I was just completely delusional. And then when I moved down to Philly and, uh, you know, I, I kind of bottomed out here and I was like, you know, I, I really want to give something a shot. I mean, right. running my mouth and, my, you know, being an actor or a comedian or whatever. So I went to an open mic and that's where I met Chris, my, my buddy, Chris Cotton. And, you know, he really shepherded me, you know, as far as like how to take small steps to start building this. And then once that all kind of clicked, then that all kind of clicked and it clicked at the right time with everybody that was in Philly. And, um, you know, genuine relationships. Yeah, yeah. As, as you would say, there was no climbing, there was no backstabbing, there was no. It was just guys who didn't really care about industry or anything at the time. We just wanted to try to get good at what we were doing. So yeah. we made sketches, we bombed on bar shows, and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, that's kind. That's kind of how it how, how it kind of came up. I have the same kind of experience. And uh, let me ask you this, Foley: Is it more? I think it's more. In my experience, it's been more an East Coast thing: is to have your community and to have your group of people that just want to get better at a thing. You know, that mm-hmm. it is out here. When I when I first came out here, there was no sense of community. There wasn't a bunch of people like that would do that. So that's I think one of the things that I gravitated towards in your show and your stand up and just even talking to you right now is. That kind of uh, self-assessment and going, I wanted to be an actor, but let's face it, I was doing coke. You know, you were like, yeah. And then I went, who are we kidding? That's what I was doing. I got to try something back to where I felt safe and, yeah. and and supported and then gave it a shot. That's what just struck me in that moment. But I watched some of your acting, and, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I, I went the other way. I started as a stand-up first. and. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest fears was if I learn how to act, I won't be funny anymore. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is, did you have a fear moving from one discipline to another or just doing the acting first into the comedy? No, I don't think so. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that feeling or I have that fear. It could be a defense mechanism. If I lose, if, if I get skinny, I won't be funny anymore. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose the fat, that's 25 minutes of my material. <laughs> Um, No, since I started with acting, I I think it was a little bit different. You know what I mean? You know, not that it's a crutch, but like, you know, the fact that I had that, that I, you know, I I did, you know, I studied for two years uh, at a theater conservatory in uh, outside of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. So I did have good training. You know what I mean? So I had those mechanics, those artistic mechanics. So I never really felt like um, that one was going to, was going to diminish the other. I actually, you know, when I started, you know, obviously when we start, we stink. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whether we want to admit it or not, we stink. But I was able to get by 
just because I was an actor pretending to be a comedian. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, until, until you know, the actual comedian until, in me came out. Until you made... If he, if he has. No, yeah, until you made your bones and you were comfortable and you knew who you were on stage. Everyone has an if-then fear. And, you know, you mm-hmm. were just like, you know, if I lose the weight. I had Louie on the show, uh, Anderson. And he, and, he, mm-hmm. and he was like, I just want to lose enough weight and still be able to do my act. That's <laughs> uh, so funny. Yeah, so he, he had, oh, had the same fear. But this this is one of my, I, I found a bit of yours that really made me laugh. And I want to play that for you right now. And it has to do with uh, with food. I, uh, I got fired from my first wedding table job when I moved to New York. Uh, and I got <laughs> fired because I got caught by my manager eating off people's plates. I agree, worst way for a grown man to lose his job. <laughs> All right? But it's not like I walked up to some lady and grabbed her burger and took a bite. It was the back kitchen. There was an appetizer tray. There was a mozzarella stick. No one was around. <laughs> Do the math, my friend, okay? But I got fired because they had me on surveillance camera doing it. Yeah, and it's that old grainy black and white surveillance footage. So I look like Babe Ruth stealing a mozzarella stick. <laughs> My favorite line. Oh, man. So I call my parents, my... right, and I have them both on the phone at the same time. And I'm like, guys, look, I got fired. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to need help with the rent this month. My mother would not let it go. She's like, what? Who would fire you? You're such a good boy. Well, I would never fire you. What happened? You tell me right now what happened. I am going to send these people an email. This is ridiculous. <laughs> And I'm like, Mom, I was eating off people's plates. And then she goes, you're disgusting. (laughs) My dad, all my dad wanted to know was, what were you eating? (laughs) What was in front of you that you could not contain yourself like a human being? Now, the only thing that saved me is my father's notoriously cheap, and he loves seafood. So I told my dad I got caught eating scallops. First thing I thought of, I was like, scallops, Dad, they call me eating scallops. And he wanted to get so mad I could tell, but he was just like, scallop shit, they're market price. You did the right thing. You're a good kid. I'll catch you check. That's great. That's so funny oh, to thanks, me. Thanks, man. Yeah. That's a, that, was the, that was my, that's by the gaffer. That was the first time I was on TV. Mm-hmm. And I could, hear, I could hear it in my voice. My throat, I had like a really bad cold. Right. And like my throat was real scratchy. And my first time on TV, I get heckled on live television. Yeah, yeah. In the, be- in the beginning of that set, I got to deal with a heckler on live <laughs> TV. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but you did it. Yeah, it was great. That's a great club, Gotham. Yeah, um, yeah. I Chris Mazzilli, unbelievable. Sweet that's, man. that's a top class operation. Ah, one of the best clubs in the country. I recorded my, my last two albums there. And your show is great. And I got a couple of garbage questions I want to ask you. Because uh, like I said I in your it. intro, we both had the pudding pops that your mom would make the pudding pops. I saw that on one episode. Yeah. My mother actually yeah. had the Tupperware. So it was like you had the little handle underneath it. That's crazy. And we, you would, we never. I used to walk by that in the grocery store and be like, "Is does NASA make that? Like, <laughs> How did, like that was never was that coming into my house. Yeah, yeah. If you if you want it, you got Kool Aid. Yep. That they would they would make a little extra sweet that she would pour into the ice trays. Yep. One of the ice trays. Yep. And she'd stick tin foil over top and a toothpick. That was your ice pop. Take a walk. Yeah. Uh, my, my That's mo- all you got. My mother. My mother not, not only had the Tupperware. She would she would also because it was too much sugar because sugar cereal was the biggest treat you could have in the house. You know, so what she would do, oh, she would animals. freeze grapes. You ever eat a frozen grape? 
Not bad. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good, but, but it's not bad. Yeah. I might be getting older, but I'm starting to get a little more into that, like frozen watermelon, yeah. frozen bananas. You're like, yeah, I guess it's all right. What are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, I got an are you garbage question here. Are you garbage if you had drinking glasses from a gas station and or McDonald's? A hundred percent. Yeah. But I tell you what, those are the best. Some faded McDonald's glass where you can barely see grimaces, sure. purple paint on it. Yeah. It's like, is it, wait, wait a minute. Is that, is that, is that the Hamburglar or Alice Cooper? What is that? And the gas station ones too. We get- They don't do that stuff anymore, isn't it? No. You can, but you know what you can still get at a gas station? You can still get the Hess trucks. Was the Hess truck, remember the truck at the Hess station? Listen, when my first little cousin was born, like when the generation below me was born, mm-hmm. my mom, it, it had to be late 90s, early 2000s, started buying those like they were, like it was oil land. Yeah. We thought that they were <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like She'd buy like 10, 15 at Christmas, yeah. like going to six different Hess gas stations to get them. This one's out. This guy's going to save me some. I'm like, Mom, these are going to be broken by New Year's Day. Yeah, but these were like, now, now these are collector's items. What? They think they, they, they truck, the toys you got at the gas station. No, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There's no more toys interactive than a Hess truck. The blades spin, the lights go on, mm-hmm. the horn beeps, the driver gets out, takes a leak. It's great. All right. Are you garbage? If you dry your winter hat on the radiator. <laughs> now, when you say winter hat, you're talking about uh, the wool winter hat. We would call us. We would call that a stocking hat. A stocking hat. Okay. Trash for you. Put your stocking. Put your stocking hat on. And yeah, that and the gloves and the socks and the boots mm-hmm. went all over by the radiator. One hundred percent. And yeah, that's garbage. And in my case, now this is something that when I tell Kevin, he looks at me as if I was born in the Industrial Revolution. (laughs) Uh, We, when I was young, you know, I'm 10 years older than them, so I'm 45. So when we were young, our first and second house, the main source of heat was a coal stove. Mm -hmm. Where like, like in the fall, they would dump a whole thing of coal, we'd put it into a bin, and then we would bring that in the house, and it was like, you know, it was like, it was modern, but it was a coal stove. Yeah. So that's where the stocking hats and everything went. They'd be boiling water on there. Yeah. We were like old we were like old prospectors. You know, we had we had we had a kerosene heater. <laughs> we had a kerosene heater downstairs with the pot on the top because the, it would dry out the air. <laughs> and the whole place Oh my god. The whole place smelled like Santa's workshop. But you know, when you would go yeah. and you would smell all that stuff, it like it's yeah. some kind of workshop. It was like, oh, it was terrible. It was a kerosene friggin' heater. That dry heat in the winter, man. You'd be toasty, but your 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 ear, nose, and throat doctor would be paying for it. Yeah, you got- bloody. You pick, you'd, you'd have bloody boogers in your nose from, <laughs> from the. And then you would dry. You would dry the the wool hats, the stocking caps on the radiator. And first of all, I got hand me down hats. So my friend, my the older kid in the neighborhood, Chris Sulger, was a friend of mine he was a minnesota vikings fan so i had to wear that freaking hat and i'm a jets fan <laughs> so i had to wear that hat of a team i didn't follow and it was on the radio and it had a burn mark because i left it on one side too long so i got the vikings oh. emblems and a brown mark next to the viking oh, hat man you know it's a real sign of trash too that you don't see with kids today mm. i had about three or four coats when i was a little kid that had cigarette burns in it yeah. you know what i mean and and not for me smoking but just from a careless aunt 
or a careless uncle or getting too close to somebody when you're walking by them. You know what I mean? Little yeah. kids with cigarette burn holes <laughs> in their winter jacket. <laughs> that's, that's the 80s, baby. Oh, all right. I got one. Are you garbage if you steal your mother's cigarettes? Oh, man, 100%. Yeah, that's a trash move. You're even more trashy if you're a mom and you steal your kid's cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother would smoke the Benson and Hedges. First, she was smoking Eves. Remember Eves, those oh, yeah. long, thin things? And there's no... Yeah, there's they no, were gross. I would break the filters off and just smoke them without a filter. But these, these, these little pencil things. So you're trying to look cool smoking these, mm-hmm. these Q-tips. Yeah, it's a tough look. Yeah. They're like capris now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see a guy at a bar late night smoking capris, he's in a bad spot. <laughs> He's in, a, he's in a tough spot. My friend's mother used to smoke. He's waiting, on, he's waiting on a phone call or something to fall through. Yeah, he's like, oh, the Knicks better cover. <laughs> right, this is my last pack of Capri's. <laughs> it's over. Benson and Hedges was the first cigarette that I ever had when I was a kid. Yeah, my father used to smoke Luckies. I learned how to smoke smoking a Lucky next to the, in the boiler room. I was like, oh, man, this is this is terrible. Man. Yeah, no filter. That's a different breed right there. Oh, yeah. He used to go, no filter. He goes, ah, the filter's bad for you. It's got chemicals. <laughs> <in it." laughs> I'm scared of one on that filter. It's all plastic. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Are you garbage if you scam the Columbia Record and Tape Club? Man, I think I think that just means you're an American. Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you that right now. Absolutely. What's garbage was their business model. Don't play me. <laughs> Yeah, if you're stupid enough to put this out there. We just talked about this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I still couldn't for the life of me wrap my head around what they were thinking. Where did they get the upfront money to actually have the CDs made? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the record company, who really took the bath on that? Did the record companies end up paying the bill for that? You sent us 20 CDs for no money and no nothing, and then... Everybody would just tell you to go fuck yourself. It was nuts. I always thought they would. When I got old, I'm like, they had to be deducting it from their taxes. But so oh, that's great. But when they wouldn't send them to my address anymore, I'd send them to the neighbor's address. Because I used to get them and I used to take them to the Tri-County <laughs> Flea Market and try and sell them. Is, that was right place at the right time mm-hmm. for us. But wrong place at the wrong time for them. Because that was when CDs started getting... Remember, they were putting like music in the in the early nineties was so great in the late eighties because they were putting all the old stuff on CD, mm-hmm. so everybody was buying that. They were buying the Billy Joel greatest hits. Yeah. They were buying you know Rolling Stones, Hot Rocks, and, and all that kind of, and then all the music that was out then. You know, all the good hip hop, all the good grunge, all the good rock, yeah. all that stuff. So those guys really, I mean, they had the highest technology product. That they were giving away for free yeah. at a time when everybody wanted it, and and they were and they were putting all this old stuff back out. Yeah. I mean, dude, I got Fleetwood Mac, I got Steve Miller, I got that gave me that was like four years education of music. Yeah, for a penny. For a penny. Yeah, for a penny. <laughs> Which, which, by the way, we have the same. I put it in the intro. We have the same penny ritual. When you see a penny on the floor, I saw it on a yeah. podcast. What do you do? I see a penny. I look down and I see if it's on heads. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's on heads, I pick it up. I I rub it so I can see the date, the year. I look at the year. I think about that year for a second, and then I put it in my pocket where there's no other change. Okay. Here's what I do. And I that's do. it. I, I feel like that's crazy. I know I know that's crazy. I cannot. I feel like something bad will happen to me if I don't pick it up. And if I drop a penny and it lands on heads, I don't touch it either because I feel like that's somebody else's luck. Yeah. Only, only, only with pennies. I, I could throw quarters out the window 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, I got the same thing with the, the pennies. pennies. I don't know why. I got the same thing. First of all, I pick it up. If it's tails, I leave it alone. I pick it up. I do the same thing you do. I look at the date. And then if I don't even step on the same sidewalk, if it's on tails, no, I'm walking the other way. No, it might as well be a black cat with an Uzi. I don't want to go near you. (laughs) But if it's on heads, I pick it up. Right. I look at the date and then I do this fully. If I'm with somebody, let's say me and you walking down the street, I see the penny. I pick it up. I look at the date and I go, all right, the over under is 1998. You could take the over the under. If you guess it right, I give you the penny. If you guess it wrong. Really? Yeah. If I guess it wrong, then I'm like, okay. Then, then this is supposed to be my penny. And I put it in the jean pocket and the right jean pocket, the little pocket. Okay. I put it in the little pocket. And then I, I eventually lose it in the laundry room. But for that 100%. moment. 100%. Yeah. But for that moment, okay, mm-hmm. there's luck. I'm doing my part and I'm offering it to somebody else. If it comes back to me, it's my luck that I'm going to lose in a laundry room. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why we do that. That's Could, funny. Because you're, you're terrified of life and you're insecure. That's why. <laughs> That's 100% accurate, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Well, why do you do it? You're a comic. That's why you do it. <laughs> because you're terrified of life. You're insecure. Yeah. 100%. What do you yeah. think, Foley? You're special? We're all the same. <laughs> you're crazy like the rest of us. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way, though. Am I right? Yeah, it's, you know what, it's doing this and having this interaction with a fellow soldier and making and and being able to create with my wife on my podcast, I've learned Mm -hmm. to look like, there's the joy, there's the joy, ain't gonna last forever, and it's only here for Mm -hmm. a limited time, if I don't engage with this happiness right now, then I'm gonna be bitter when it goes away and I won't be able to see the next piece of happiness coming my way, so if that makes any sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was, um, you know, the podcast, you know, the success of it was, strongly engineered by kevin he's you know just real smart mm. he's real great at what he does and this was kind of the culmination of everything he'd learned over the last few years of doing podcasts what to do what not to do you know how to get it out there how to do this how to do that mm. so i i mean i owe i owe so much to him in, in that regard and one of the things that's given us that i never saw coming was that inner peace that you're kind of talking about that okay you know i'm not looking around for something, you know, we, we have something here that we love doing and we love doing it together and laughing together and working on it together. What else do you really need? What else is there? You know, recognizing that and being grateful for it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. exactly what you're saying. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it is a good feeling. It's being content with what you have, not looking at what you don't, you know? Yeah. All right, I got a couple more. Are you garbage if you use the small cereal box as a bowl? Um, now you can do that, right? Yeah. You can like cut now. My father used to kinda, cut cut them open. You know, remember, remember the party packs? You get the variety packs of little cereal boxes. Of course, of course. But your your dad did that when you were young. When you I was young, then? yeah. He took he took out his army bayonet, right? He cut open the cereal box and he would open up the wax paper and pour the milk right in it and give you a plastic spoon and go. Here's breakfast. <laughs> We don't got a coffee mug or something around here. No, nope. <laughs> no, nope. it's it's like I'm bivouacking with the great Santini in my kitchen. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's garbage. But those things, when we were kids, those things were clean living. Yeah, we yeah. loved those things. Oh, that was a treat. Remember, you get the variety. Oh yeah. Ooh, a couple of cc's of frosted flakes going through the veins. Oh, that was fantastic. That was great. You're fighting your brother over the honeycomb. Yeah, those. I remember those, and I remember the variety pack of uh, of chips. I don't know if you got yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. A little bag of chips, and it was like you know there was like two Doritos, there was one Fritos, 
There was one sour cream and onion. There was four regular. There mm. was one pretzel. You didn't want the pretzel. Nah. It was just, oh, man. You got the pretzels. You were in trouble. That was a rough, thir- that was a rough Thursday in the lunchroom. <laughs> That's garbage. Yeah, pouring pour it in there. Yeah. Also, ordering that at, ordering that at a diner is, is, is a tough look, too. <laughs> Have you ever been with somebody and they order cereal at a diner? No. Oh my God. Cause they have those little boxes at the diners. Uh-huh. I remember being with my uncle and I'm like, yeah, I'll get an omelet in this. He's like, oh, the bowl of total. Bowl of total? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, Russell Buffalino? <laughs> you getting the bowl of total. Get out of here. <laughs> you go to the diner for eggs, burgers, fries, and gravy, and, you, and you're, yeah. you're drunk or high. That's, you know, that's, yeah. you don't go to the diner going, uh, what's the catch of the day? What are you kidding? <laughs> All right, let me ask you this one. Are you garbage if you have Frankenstein soap? What's Frankenstein soap? When you take little pieces of soap and you smash them together to make a bar of soap. Oh, no, yeah. That's that's even below the foliage. Is that what you were doing? <laughs> yeah. My mom wouldn't even do that. She would, When it got to a certain point, you threw it down, you threw it in the toilet like a goldfish. Nope. I had, there was a half a Dove bar, part of an Irish spring, a little zest. You smash those pieces together. You make yourself Jeez. some soap. Yep. You walk into the club smelling like nine people. <laughs> Man, what was your main soap growing up? What did your parents get? Was it Irish Spring? No, my mother would get ivory, ivory soap. Wow, that's old school. Yeah. That'll dry you out in the winter, huh? Yeah, then first was ivory soap, and then when they started going Jeez. to Atlantic City, it was whatever they could steal, the little soaps, and everything had Caesar's Palace on it. Every little shampoo was the little things of shampoo. Yeah. Pick that up from my parents and my aunts and uncles. I, no matter what hotel I stay at, the soap's coming with me. Yeah. No question about it. I'm using as little of it as possible. I'm, I'm opening one. You know, they put one bar in the sink and they put one bar in the shower. Yeah. I'm using the bar in the shower for everything. That's it. The other one goes in the bag. Those, oh, they're going. They're in the bag fresh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Those, <laughs> those are gifts when yes. I get home. I'm handing them out. Yes. Okay. All right, I got a gift question. Are you garbage if you show up to someone's house with a five-pack? Yes, yes, 100%. You see, there's certain things, you know, the garbage is celebrated. There's, mm. you know, there's mostly good garbage, you yeah, know, yeah. things like that, like the cereal or the soaps or whatever. Right. But then there is there is a slight negative side to it that we try to stay away from, but there is trash. Mm. Now, that's a trash move. Yeah, yeah. Is when you show up with five beers. Or anybody that shows up to a party with like their own supply of something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like w- when you know it, when you know it's like you're going to somebody's house. Like if you came to my parents' house in the summer, there's going to be a garage fridge. It's stocked with beers and all that kind of stuff. And you know we're we're entertaining you. Yes. But I remember last year somebody somebody showed up with like their own five pack in like one of those like zip things. And we're like, we got beers here. He's like, no, I, I got my own. And it's like <laughs> that, that's fucking weird. What? And it's not even like it was something exotic. It was like can- Miller Lite can. I'm like, we got that covered. It's, there's two cases of it in there. I have allergies. That's why I brought my own Meisterbrow. Okay. Yeah. Five packs, a tough look. Leaving with whatever you brought is a tough look. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a real tough look. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's a chafing dish that's been cleaned and sent back, that's yeah. If you show up with a casserole, le- yeah. Yeah, if you're leaving with half a cheesecake, you're trash. You know, <laughs> well, they didn't eat it. What do you mean? <laughs> you're leaving it. I know. <laughs> Wasn't there half an angel food cake sitting over here? <laughs> yeah, the Wilsons took it back with them. Jesus Christ. That's, I'm just going to bring this home for the dog. You mean in the yeah, liquor cabinet? Put it down. The dog doesn't drink scotch. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I actually do this, and uh, my wife just shakes her head. I got a little apartment in New York, right? And I don't, mm -hmm. so I'm not there a lot. So I, I go back and forth between LA and New York. So when I got to go like the airport in the morning, if I got an early flight, I don't have any to-go cups, so I'll make coffee. And for some reason, Foley, I wash out jars and I save them. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I saw my father put his nails in there in the, in the garage. You know, I look at a pickle jar. I'm like, oh, look at that. You can put rice in there. I don't have any rice, mm -hmm. but my mother would put rice in there. My father would nail the uh, lids to the bottom of the cabinet in the garage and just unscrew the thing and then screw it back in. And he could see the nails all that were all being held underneath the uh, the cabinet. Holy shit. That's genius. Yeah. I never even thought of something like that. Yeah. So I saved these jars. I got pickle jars all over the place in my apartment in New York. I'm going to the airport. It's early in the morning. I don't have any to-go cups. I'll make coffee. I'll put it in the pickle jar. And that's my to-go cup going to Kennedy. Opening up the jar. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking it, covering it back up. Well, here's, here's the good thing with that. Is it garbage? You and I know it is. <laughs> All right? You and I know it is. You, you and I know why we're doing that. Yes. I do the same thing. I get a big jar of Classico. Mm. I'm, I'm steaming that thing out. I'm getting the label off because... There's something about an ice cold soda in a huge mason jar with mm. a bunch of ice that just hits different. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> but here's the good news is in our progressive days here, that's reusability. Yeah. That's caring about the environment. People see you, they're like, they're like, look at Adam, look at that. He's reusing, he's reusing that glass jar. He's got his iced coffee. They don't know you're a psycho. You know what I mean? They don't know. <laughs> they, they, they think, you know, this guy's looking out for the environment. Huh? This guy's all right. I like him. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's it's great. the best. That's great. I'm going to tell everybody. Look, I'm thinking of all of us. I'm doing this for That's everybody. That's right. That's right. Now, but you bring that. You bring that with you. Then what do you do with it? Do you throw it out? Or I throw it out it when I'm when up? I'm done. I throw it out. I'm like I'm like okay. <laughs> it's funny. People see it. They're like, oh man, that's good. That guy's looking out for the environment. You take the last swig. You smash it on the ground before you walk into the airport. <laughs> no, I, it, usually I got to throw it out right before security because I can't bring it through. And for some reason, uh, because they won't let me bring it through, it's okay. It served its purpose. It had a second life, and now I release sure. you. Yeah, I'm big on that too. I'm I'm big on that too. I'm big on. Cutting my losses and cutting cutting any uh, extra baggage that I have. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I had so much fun with you, my friend, and I, and I knew I would. The uh, the podcast yeah. is called Are You Garbage? You can get it wherever you get your podcast. Please check out H Foley on socials. If you get a chance to see the show live, I saw a couple of clips. It's a lot of fun. Continued success, my brother, and best to you and the family. Thank you, Adam. Hope to see you soon, brother. Thank you, you very much. The ADD interview is brought to you by CruiseIntoWellness.com. CruiseIntoWellness.com for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you've just made a new friend and you've discovered you both have a penny ritual. I don't know why we do that. That's funny. Because you're, you're terrified of life and you're insecure. That's why. <laughs> Amen. So what are you going to do about it? Well, why don't you do what I do? Take one of the gummies they have at CruiseIntoWellness.com. They also have edibles, tinctures, pain creams, bath products, pet products, and you know you get 20% off with the coupon code ADAM. Why should you be in pain? Go to CruiseIntoWellness.com. Take off 20%. Go. Feel better. This is H. Foley, and that's 30 minutes. I'll never get back. I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys oh, seem to mesh. Yeah. Like, I mean, you should be on his show. Yeah, I'm going to, well, hopefully when I go, uh, when I go to New York, I'll be able to go to Aunt Tootie's basement. Looks just like my Aunt Marion's basement. I'm saying it's like you guys grew up together. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. Was a dude. It, there was like a separated at birth kind of thing, or mm -hmm. like you, you guys were everything that you brought up. He's like, oh yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> and and it was just, 
it was really cool. Loved him. Yeah, and he had such a quick um, wit like you do. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and you couldn't get enough of playing that game. Yeah. How about this? How about this? Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes the podcast so good. You you actually feel like you're participating. Like, oh, I had that when I was a kid. I like when I brought up the the uh, the McDonald's or gas station glasses, and my mother, oh, those are for company. We're giving the grin. <laughs> Okay, she didn't, but that's fun. <laughs> she would never. No. No. But they were the best glasses, and you can't get those anymore. No. Uh, you can for a pretty penny. Yeah, oh, on eBay? Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nah, but it was better that you had to go and eat all that crappy food and be like, now I got a Grimace, I got a Hamburglar, mm-hmm. I got a Ronald, you know, you get the whole I need thing. a Mayo McCheese. What's a brother got to do? Get a Mayo McCheese. <laughs> well, nowadays, exactly. it's it's kind of like retro, like you're cool. Yeah. You're eccentric mm, you, if you have, those, you have those ironically yes yes that's funny but yeah you had to eat all that food and how funny was he eating off a plate that's how he got fired <laughs> how he described it i could i kind of thought to myself you know what i've seen people do that i did it it's just gonna go in the trash i've done it yeah yeah more i mean anybody that's worked in a restaurant has done that yeah i'm stunned that he got canned for eating a mozzarella stick, not on the floor. He was in the back room, mm. and he gets caught in security. We can't have, we can't tolerate that. You're eating a mozzarella stick. I saw guys, and I'm sorry, Alex. This is might gross you out a little bit. <laughs> we served this shrimp pasta dish, mm. and the dishwashers, and I think one of the chefs said, "Nah, there's still shrimp in there." So they're twirling their forks in the pasta that somebody's half eaten, mm. and they're eating the shrimp and a little bit of the pasta with it. And I'm like, that to me is over the line. Mm. Yeah. That, that would be trash, not garbage. Yeah, it's I'll true. eat it on the way out. Not, I'm eating on the way back. No, 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 no. He said appetizer. Yeah. So that means it's not an appetizer plate. That means, hey, would you like one? Mm. That's fine. But when you're eating off someone's plate that they've eaten with, mm, I don't think so. Oh, I, I, I was okay with it because I would always eat first before it went out. I'm, oh, that's disgusting. How many Adam. mozzarella sticks you got in there? Oh, Six? my goodness. All right, it's a five pack. Good. Get out of here. I'm learning so much about Adam. Yes. <laughs> oh. You know what I would do when I was a dishwasher and I was just too tired or too hungover and I didn't want to wash the silverware? What? I'd throw it out. Oh, my God. You know what's so funny about that? If I did that now to our silverware, you your head would pop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, look, if things go bad, we can hock that. What are exactly. You doing? Exactly. Where are the How yeah. times have changed. Alex. <laughs> that's great yeah. i'd love to see the manager being like i don't know what's going on we just we're, we don't have any spoons left you know what's going on Adam? I, you know what these bus boys i don't know what do you think <laughs> i don't want to point a finger at nobody but i can only watch what they give me oh man adam goodness and by the way it was a bank so I'm sure that they had dough where they yeah. could get extra silverware. Oh, right? yeah. The, go ahead. Justify it, Mark. Hey, leave him alone. Man's entitled to his opinion. <laughs> well, I, I would like to make a distinction. I yes. Think yes, can, darling. What, what distinction would you like to make? You could be thrifty. Mm-hmm. I mean, even someone with a lot of money right. could be classless and mm-hmm. trashy. Mm-hmm. It's all about taste. Mm-hmm. And, for example, if you are in Hong Kong, again, like I was again, <laughs> they actually caviar. will look down on you mm. if you don't bargain. So yeah. however much money you have yeah. and can spend, even mm. if you have a bunch and you just pay the price they're asking, they will laugh at you Yeah, because you could always get things at a better price. Alex is right. 
You know, uh, there are certain cultures where the haggle is everything, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like I, I, I've never been over there. My mom has been over to like Morocco and that's the whole deal. Like if you want to buy any kind of trinket in the marketplace or a rug or something like that, it's the haggle. Mm -hmm. That's where they yeah, I take my I, apparently my wife is Moroccan. I took her to the, uh, the Pasadena flea market. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know what? I like that. There was there was a 67 GTO die cast model. I go, I like that, honey. But it's 40 bucks. He goes, no, it's not. Hello. <laughs> well, I, I probably said to him, what's your top price? Yeah. What, what are you willing to pay? Give what, me your top price. You and then I'm like, okay, hold on. Right away, she cuts <laughs> it in half. She's like. Oh, hey. that's normal. Yeah, right away, she cuts it in half. You always cut it in half. Yeah. And then, Alex, do you do the walk away move? Oh, yeah. Like, be like, oh, sorry, it's too rich for my blood. And they're like, all right, all right, come back, come back, come back. Hold on, we can make a deal here. Mm. I've done so well, Mark, that I'm like, when I'm paying the price, I'm like, okay, here's another 20. Oh. I just give it to him because I know that I got it at a really good price. It's great. I got a really good price, and now I'm going to blow that. No, Thank you. No, because I'm, I'm still ahead. I'm still ahead. Mm -hmm. So you give him a tip. I give him a little tip. Okay. You give him a tip of $20. You know what I would do? What? I would give him an opportunity to guess the over-under on a penny. That's what I would do if I picked it up. Oh, so gambling. <laughs> <laughs> what was the story? Like, you you and, and Foley have this weird OCD thing with the penny. I don't know. Is, is it OCD? And I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine if it is. I just now there's something else wrong with me. It, do you, do you no, pick I mean, it up when it's on a crack? That doesn't bother. If it's tails, you don't go near it. If, but if it's a, if it's a heads up penny, you got to pick it up. And my my we have kind of the same ritual. We rub it and we look at the date. And if I'm with somebody, I you know like I said in the interview, you can guess the over under. If you guess well, it right, yeah. you get the penny. It's your luck. I know you would put a gambling twist on it. Wow. <laughs> I, I think I think it's just to alleviate guilt. Like, I'm with, should I should I should I think of others? Uh, all right, I'll give you a chance. If you if, you think about that in a penny, and I pick up a penny. Should I think of other people? You want to be you want to be a good. You person. mean the the lucky part or the penny part? I just I just think that it, let's <laughs> let's say there's luck in this penny. All right, and uh -huh. I'm with somebody. You want to give them the luck? I I'll give you a shot. I'm not going to give it to you. I'll give you a shot, but I don't want to be selfish and take it myself. So we'll leave it up to fate. <laughs> and for some reason, I feel better doing that. All right. And then All I right. put it in a little watch pocket of my jeans and I lose it. I lose it in the laundry room. So yeah, it yeah. I, I find them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I have really? to uh, break the news to boys. Mm. If I see a penny and it's on a filthy, dirty floor, I will pass that penny up. Yeah. I'll say, bye bye, penny. Yeah. I'm, I'm not shocked at that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think, especially in New York City. Yeah. I hyper focused on all the gum that was on the sidewalk mm. and I almost I, I freaked myself out. I couldn't believe how much gum is like on the streets sure. or the sidewalk of New York City. Don't look down. I'm like, how much gum can you chew? Don't look down. Alex, let me ask you a question. If the penny was in, say, a lobster tail or some caviar, <clears throat> would you go get it then? Would you put it in your bag? Um, I would say, damn, who put that freaking penny in my caviar? <laughs> That's what I'd say. I wouldn't say it was lucky. Right. Say, who freaking messed up my caviar with this penny okay <laughs> i would so you would rather have you would rather have toast points with your caviar than a penny. oh yeah i'd rather have the cash i will i do a similar thing if i see a penny actually i'll do it for any coin i'm like <laughs> diving for dimes nickels quarters whatever's down there but if i see a penny and i always feel slightly embarrassed because i'm i'm bending down to pick up a penny mm -hmm. but my, my mom told me it's good luck so I always I'm always, all right, I got it. And Adam, you've been to my spacious, lovely apartment. Yes. And, you know, I, I have uh, a, uh, a horseshoe 
for good luck. Mm-hmm. And right next to that, I've got like six or seven pennies that I've found. And though that's where they're in the Hall of Fame now. I'm like, okay, your good luck pennies, I'm going to put you up there. Yeah. You just cast them aside. You lose them. I don't cast them aside. At the moment, I have them. But you're actually, you actually put them in the horseshoe. And, and it, it puts good luck in the house. Hasn't worked at all. Hasn't. <laughs> Yeah, this is the most unluckiest son of a bitch. <laughs> Can I bring up something else? Go ahead. That, I, 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 that you guys called it garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, this is definitely garbage. The Frankenstein soap? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, I'll take two kinds of the same soap and, and like, mold them together and be like, your time is almost done. Meet your, your cousin. Mm-hmm. Now you're together. Your and it's, you know, all Irish spring or whatever. Right. But you're putting dial and oh, dove yeah. and... Whatever the hell. Irish really? spring and zest. It was green. It was white. <laughs> Dial's kind of like orangey tan. Just so you know. Smash it together. It's Frankenstein soap. Just so you know, Mark, I go into the shower and I hunt for the little, little speckets yeah. and I toss them out. She Just does. so you know. Yeah. Now I, li- I like the eucalyptus soap. Apparently, <laughs> apparently I'm a koala bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's the good soap. Yeah. Wow. I had never heard of that one before. That's mm-hmm. a good one. But um, I didn't realize that those little cereal boxes, that's the oh. best thing when you go camping. That's, that's what it was. We would go camping. Yeah. And my father would take out his, his army bayonet, <laughs> cut open a box. Put, if you're lucky, you had milk. Sometimes it was water. <laughs> and well, you just sit there and eat. That's kind of sad when it has to be water. We were on an island. And, you know, if the, if, if the cooler goes bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 But, I, but sometimes just, you get the water out of the bottle. Sometimes the worst is when you took it right out of the lake. I, I have one. We ran out of milk, mm-hmm. and my mom brings this mocha mix. Yeah, yeah. And apparently she gets really upset when you use it in cereal. Sure. She's like, that stuff's expensive. Don't use it in cereal. Well, it's creamer, isn't it? It tastes great. Yeah, but it's creamer. It's all sugar sugar cereal and sugar, and sugar mocha mix. <laughs> You'd be up for a week. Oh, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun where we were. <laughs> yeah. Well, my father, I still got the army. You saw the army bayonet in my desk drawer in New York. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's this big bayonet. It came off, it came off an M16. <laughs> it just cuts open a cereal. I swear to God, every story I hear about your dad, Joe... Wherever you're up there smiling, nah. I love you more and more. All right, you guys want some cereal? Let me carve this up for you. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, it was the coolest thing because mm-hmm. you had the little, you know, wax paper can inside and kept everything, you know, moist and like protected the cardboard box. You really felt like you were like, yeah, like what was your line? You're no. bivouacking with the great, with the great Santini. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, I <laughs> that love was my that stuff. My laundry, my laundry uh, basket in college was my father's army duffel bag. When when I was coming <laughs> yeah. home from when I was when I was changing trains, coming home for Christmas, and I got robbed, I had the duffel bag over my shoulder. By the, that's right, by the polite robber, right? By the polite robber, yeah. I'm so sorry, sir. That's a lovely duffel bag. I'm gonna have to rob you now. Yeah. He took the duffel bag. No, no, he just he took oh, the good. six bucks in my wallet. Just all right. Oh. But yeah, my father would see that's what you said before about just being like making do with what you have mm-hmm. can be garbage. D- duct tape would fix everything. No, I, I didn't say that it could be garbage. I said it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. Unless, unless it's in our New York apartment, then I'm garbage with the duct tape on the heat. vent. No, that was uh, necessity. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Mm-hmm. And if all you have is cardboard, tinfoil and tape. Yeah. You got something there. And a butter knife. Butter, and a butter knife. And a butter knife is your tool. Mm-hmm. What, no, no. Remember the this? end of a mop. Yeah. In our apartment in New York, the ceilings are 14 feet high. Yeah. 
and the heat ducts are about 11, 12 feet high because heat rises. So why heat the whole friggin' apartment? It's it's right, so silly that we that you need a little like what is it called yeah. awning yeah, or yeah, a little yeah. toggle switch that lowers the vents. Yeah, we so, don't have it. No. So a piece of cardboard, duct tape, put it over the heat vent. When the heat comes out, the air will push the uh, the cardboard out, and the and the heat will be directed down into the little part of the apartment and rise up like that. So that was the plan. Yeah. So we got duct tape and. The ladder's not big enough. We didn't count on that. <laughs> no. So she's getting wi- it on. Yeah. So the, the wife has a, what'd you have, a Swifter? Um, I had something, yeah. I Just think so I'm, I'm up to the top of the ladder. She's holding the ladder and I got duct tape on the Swifter and I'm holding up the cardboard and she's pushing the Swifter. Uh-huh. It worked. And it worked. <laughs> so now we got the- It's probably still up there. It probably is. I'll see when I go back. It so is, that, is that garbage or is that just MacGyver? It's warm. So yeah, I say warm. it's MacGyver. I vote MacGyver. All right, that's warm. It's yeah. smart. But if you see duct tape on somebody's wall, like fixing something, isn't that a little garbage? Yeah, if you see um, it on someone else's house, it's garbage. If you see it in your apartment, I'm a genius. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I have a rule about that. Go ahead. If you see duct tape and it's fresh, mm-hmm. that means they have a leeway. If they leave it there for two years, yeah. then it's garbage. Yeah, I'm judging everybody. If you're if you're if you're riding around with duct tape and a garbage bag window on your car, <laughs> I I still give him a leeway right. because stuff happens. You know what else I loved is uh, he recognized contentment with the podcast, like being happy with what you have. Oh, I you know what I got from him what? that he finally found his groove. Yeah, yeah, he's but, Stella. Yeah, he finally found his groove and he embraced it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's, and it's a good show, and, it's, and I'm I'm glad he's happy, and I'm glad he recognizes that. Yeah. And we both have and we both realized that for some reason we've both been conditioned that the Hess truck is a magical gift. What's a Hess truck? It's a truck you would get at the Hess gas station around Christmas time. <laughs> so great. Yeah, one one year to be a dump truck, one year to be a garbage truck, one year it would be like a flatbed with a race car on it, one mm-hmm. year it was a helicopter and it was white with green stripes and said Hess on it mm-hmm. and that was the thing it, and and your parents go, "Oh, we got him the Hess truck." It's like it's from the like it's a Fabergé egg. <laughs> Where'd you get the Hess truck? We got this one at Sotheby's. <laughs> Did you have the Hess truck in Boston? Well, yeah, but my family never, I never got one. So <laughs> my friends would get one and I have to go play with their Hess trucks. All right. Well, I, well, it was available to you. Yes, but we weren't, we weren't at that level. That was too classy for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> too classy. So, so, so you were like the H Foley in your neighborhood and, and I was like the Kevin Ryan. Cause he said like, Kevin came from a little bit classier neighborhood. That was like my friend, Matt Fisher. My, my friend, Matt Fisher lived in the, uh, we used to, we used to call it the trick or treat neighborhood. Because you would go to the, the rich kid's neighborhood because you would get oh, full-size yeah. candy bars. And popcorn. Yeah. And po- No, we never got the popcorn. Oh, you give me yeah. a popcorn ball, you get an egg on your front door. <laughs> the square pink popcorn. Nah, you're getting an egg. <laughs> you know, that's when, I fir- that's when I first saw a Jaguar, the XJ6, the British racing green with, yeah. the, with the camel interior and the five-spoke. The first time I turned the corner, I saw that Jaguar. I was like, oh. And I always saw it there. Because I would ride my bike home from school and I would go through the rich kid's neighborhood just to look at that car because it was gorgeous. It was always there because the electrical system was shit and it never moved. (laughs) (laughs) And Adam, I couldn't believe you told him the pickle jar story. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mark, he is, I don't know if we call him a hoarder, but one day I looked in the cabinet in the Mm. garage. Mm. It was like almost when you open something and it comes crashing down. Yeah. Almost that many 
glass jars okay, for some were reason, in the cabinet. You don't, you don't throw out a glass jar. You wash it. You can use this. You know, my my father, like I, like I told him, my father would nail the the, uh, the lids underneath. That was smart. Yeah, and then he would just unscrew it for something like, oh, you mm-hmm. could always use this stuff. So I ended up using it as a travel mug. Okay, I got a question right off the top. Mm-hmm. You're holding a pickle jar full of hot coffee. Yeah. Is, is there any insulation? There's no like what. I mean, Sometimes, if, if 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 it's really hot and I gotta go and I can't cool it down, I'll take a napkin and a rubber band and I'll put the rubber band and the napkin around the outside. I've seen him also put a spoon in. Yeah, so you put a metal spoon in there, uh, and the, and the heat collects on the metal spoon and it cools it down. Then you throw okay. the spoon out if you don't want to wash it. Something I took from my last straight job. <laughs> yeah, we have disposable metal spoons. Yeah. Okay, I. But yeah, you make a sleeve out of rubber band and a and a uh, and a um a napkin, and then you sit in the back of the car that takes you to the airport. <laughs> and you take the you take the lid off, you sip your coffee, you put the lid back on. Sorry, Adam, that's trashy. I I needed coffee. <laughs> that I was is on, trashy. I was on an early flight. and I needed coffee. <laughs> you know what else is trashy? What when Adam needs to have Kleenex mm-hmm. instead of taking Kleenex, he puts a roll of toilet paper in his pocket. Yeah, I was. That's trashy. That. Yeah, I had it like Is that, that trashy? Yes. I just know I'm going to, uh, there's, a, there's a lot coming out of my nose and I want to be prepared. You can do it inside the house. You mm-hmm. can use toilet paper as Kleenex, but you cannot take it outside the house. Okay. No. That's All right, rule. let me ask you this. Is it trashy that I always take the toilet paper off that stupid holder we have? Yes. Uh, it's just, it's more convenient. Yeah, no, it should never be on the holder. No. The holder is. is you is guys acceptable. are animals. You can't stand it. <laughs> animals. <laughs> Can't stand it. That's why we can't have nice things. We have nice things. But we just want to, <laughs> see, I'm more about convenience and ease of use. All right, my wife, she's got these, she's got these switches now in the house. You push a button and the lights dim. They don't don't go off. And I'm like, no, I need to know it's off when I turn it off. I'm not leaving the room and and letting you and, and hoping the lights go down. I I want on. I want off. I don't want on. I'll take care of this. <laughs> I don't want off when I get around to it. I want on and off. Yeah, Adam can't wait two seconds. No, can't do it. <laughs> You're funny, Adam. No, I'm annoyed is what I am. <laughs> I want to thank H. Foley for being my guest. He's a very, very funny man, and the podcast is called Are You Garbage? I recommend you check it out. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrar at Gmail. And thank you so much for supporting the show. Tell somebody you love about it. That help us spread the word. Uh, and as always, if you leave a review, you know what that does. That helps yeah. us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And always remember, life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. Pod has ended. Go in peace. Should be any second now. The water's going to start drinking. Better not go all over the place. I'm telling you right now. It's, it's probably going to be fine. Do you have a mop? <laughs> <laughs> probably. Yeah, I have a mop. I'm in a cruise ship cabin. I don't have a mop. <laughs> Hold on. Here it comes. I really wanted it to go all over the place. Just to hear him yell. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.